Okay, and welcome listeners to another episode of Pod of Two Halves. As always, I'm Logan Dean, and I got my co-host here. Andres, what's up? And uh, let's see, today you're going to be listening to this, hopefully on Monday, August 23rd. But uh, we got two segments in today's episode. First and foremost, we're going to go over uh, the Premier League Match Week 2 the results, and also discuss a little about what that means kind of moving forward and see how well we do in the predictions. And then the second and shorter segment on this episode will be world and other news. Okay, so yep. yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and launch into a review of the Premier League Match Week 2 results. So the first match on Saturday, August 21st, was Liverpool versus Burnley. Andres, take it away about this match. Yeah. Um yeah, this was a good game. I liked it, obviously. Um there was a lot of good points. Jota, always a great player, played amazing. Um Salah played great. I called it last week though. I'm letting you know what I said last week. Mane was gonna score. He didn't get one in the first one. He got one in this one. Salah should have got one. Got like we're back at the whole like millimeter line offsides diddly because that goal they got called offsides with solid. It, it was it was a typical solid goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. But so just to kind of provide a little bit of extra structure here, let's see. Uh, you had predicted on our last episode that Liverpool's going to win four nil. I predicted yeah. that Burnley would win two nil. And at least I could speak for myself and my logic behind that prediction that Liverpool would win 2-0 was, yeah, they're going to dominate Burnley, I said. But I think it's just a lot harder to score on Burnley because I have this idea of Burnley being the player where they like the defenders sacrifice their bodies as if they're jumping in front of the president in a bullet, you know? Yeah. So why don't we discuss your with your prediction of 4-0, how close do you think you were to it? Was it just like an unlucky few decisions, et cetera? Well, if that Salah goal didn't get called back, that would have been three nil. Uh huh. I mean, well, two nil in the first half. Right. Oh, and just for the listeners, sorry, the actual final score on this one was two nil, Liverpool. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah, it it could have easily gone four. Well, I mean, yeah, Burnley did kind of stifle Liverpool a little bit in like that early second half, maybe into the first half. But you take into account Salah's goal that was chalked off marginal offsides. There was, I mean, there was a few. It's not like Liverpool only had those three chances to score. Agreed. They didn't have three three shots on target. So, I mean, it could have been a 3-0, 4-0, even if that third one counted. You know, momentum would have just boo boo because like Anfield did get kind of quiet towards like the end of the first half into mm-hmm. like, the start of the second half. And if that if they were up two nil at the at the half, I mean that'd be a lot different than just the one nil at the half in this whole like oh you know there's VAR again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that kind of I feel like if they've gone into the dressing room two nil with the whole like crowd behind them and done that they could have just came out second half 
guns blazing and it just would have been lights out. Yeah. Okay. But it ended up two nil. Right. Okay. Um, so real quick to, to share, you had mentioned that they, they dominated and like, Oh, Burnley, I think you said only had three shots on goal. Is that right? Is that what you said? No, I said, it's not like Liverpool only had three shots on goal. Oh, perfect. I thought, so sorry. It, it, right. So it, they had opportunities to make it more than just the two now. Clearly. But yeah. One, right. One got chalked off and they obviously didn't make the other chances, but it, right. it could have gone. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't a complete stifling Burnley performance. It wasn't like, it, it wasn't completely frustrating. It's like, it's not like the game was ever in question, but it wasn't a complete thrashing. Right. Okay. So uh, just to give some uh, stats, and I agree with that, the game wasn't in question. And I think it was maybe what you're being modest to say, I think it was closer to a thrashing than it wasn't. It's just Burnley's consistently so darn hard to score against in I mean, matches. Do, I mean, they're doing judo. You didn't see what happened with, with, with the Jota. I mean, one of their players mm-hmm. straight up like held them and then threw them to the ground. And they didn't, the ref didn't even give them a yellow. So even if you throw in like the ref's performance in there too, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of odd non calls and inconsistencies. How big of a believer are you behind this uh, expected goals stat XG just in general? Uh, I mean, I'm not big on it. Okay. I think it has like some value in bearing. Do you want to take a guess roughly on, on what XG was for this match for both teams? Like Liverpool, blah, and Burnley, blah. Is there negative? <laughs> no. Uh... no. Uh, maybe Burnley's was like a one or a point five. Okay, okay, point seven two. So there you go. Your instincts are spot on. You know, one or point five, dead in the middle. Point seven two. And what do you think Liverpool's was? Three four, three point five. Two point seven eight, as it turns out, which I thought was mm-hmm. a little rough. But uh, leading back to the earlier points that you said with shots and everything, I, very revealing in that Liverpool had twenty seven shots to Burnley's nine. They had nine shots on target and forced eight block shots, whereas Burnley only had three shots on target and forced one block shot. So that sort of speaks volumes there in the overall. So I, compared to last week's performance, this week's performance, like if you had like a little, uh, I don't know, like a line graph of going up or down, would just stock have risen for Liverpool? Had gone down for Liverpool or just stayed the same? What do you mean? Like, okay, are you, if you guys are destroyed, you're, Burnley, talking about like, like power, you're talking about like power ranking. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like an emotional power ranking, not like a, you know, quantifiable one. So you think Liverpool is, ah, this is a great result, right? It's even against Burnley. Like it's a win. Yeah. Okay. It's a win. And Burnley's, Burnley's tough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're hard. Mm-hmm. They got damn Sean Dice Parker. On the sideline, everybody's. That's good a at very it. good point. It's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. but it's like, all right, all right, going into next week's game against Chelsea, I'd still feel good. Oh yeah, yeah. I like anything's changed on that. Okay. Well, uh, if you don't have anything else to say about this game, we can move on to the next one. Sound good to you? Yep. Yep. All right. The next match on Saturday, 
was at 9 a.m. on Saturday, and that was Austin Villa versus Newcastle. Uh, just for some context, this was um, two different results from our predictions. You predicted that Aston Villa would win 3-1. I predicted that Newcastle was going to win 2-1. And in actuality, Aston Villa won 2-0. So you seem to be far more right. Whatever ideas I had about Newcastle picking it up or whatnot did not come to bear. And the two-goal difference that you had predicted ended up being in the result, just one goal off yeah. each. So instead of 2-0, you know, you had 3-1, but you had the right idea and everything. So what what made you predict what you did and did you see that all borne out in this match uh for the, for the most part i mean newcastle aren't very well in the back uh, mm-hmm. they don't defend very well so it's like they can make any team look like them. and the, the the one goal that i was giving them was like maybe a almiron saint maximan something kind of counterattack which that didn't really happen. I mean, the, the St. Maximum did do like a lot of like dribbling and getting past guys, but then it's like he almost had to keep the ball because there was nobody to pass it to. It's like he would dribble himself into, oh, there's three guys and now somebody just took it over. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. So, I mean, Newcastle was never really threatening. And then uh, Aston Villa, it was very much one-way traffic they look pretty good there was a lot of good link-up play uh up front the, between like danny Ings, uh mcginn oh man mcginn even had a a, a curler outside the box it almost went in that was pretty good but um there was a there was a goal of the a goal of the season contender if you ask Ooh. me that, that that second goal was it second first second Goal for Villa, you're saying? I believe it was the second. Oh, which who scored it? This is the one. Danny that... Ings. Okay, yeah, that's the first goal. The second one was the penalty. So oh yeah, yeah, the pen. That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Danny Ings. Holy moly! I mean, well, here walk the listener through it. Yeah. All right. Um, it's a play down the right. Cross it in, and he just catches it on the bicycle. So sweet. The keeper, like you know, it's good when the keeper just watches it. Like it doesn't even move, just watches it going. He hit it so good. The keeps the like like counter foot. It's like he's already hopping. He's mid, he's caught on a hop to his right when the ball's going to his left. By the time Danny's hits it with the with the bicycle. It, it all. And he caught that bicycle like about at the PK distance away from goal, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Which isn't it's far enough to be okay. Any bicycle is impressive. I was just gonna say it's far mm-hmm. enough though to be impressed as the bicycles that are like basically you got a part of your body to it and you're like three four yards away. Those are impressive, but more impressive is when we get out at least no, like, decently yeah, out yeah. of the six, where it's like it's not just you you caught it, you just happen to catch it at the right time to where it went in the net and by your proximity your angle mm-hmm. that you, doesn't matter, right? No, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. was like. This would have been a pretty goal if he had like headed it basically with like the, the placement, but it was a bicycle kick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the speed, the angle, it even had like this upward trajectory that dipped. It was oh chef's kiss. It was amazing. Well, um, no promises, listeners, but perhaps under the show notes we'll be able to put a um like a link to for you to catch that goal uh, in the highlights or something. 
so you can check out what is thus far. You're going to say this is your goal of the season. It is a goal of the season contender. Is it your top? Is it your top contender thus far? For the for the season? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I haven't. I mean, it hasn't been a whole lot. I mean, what's his name? Chabalabas last week? No. Yes, Chabalabas. Okay. If Chabalabas or Chabalabas, ow! If his his was the goal of the week last week, this is the goal of the week for this next week. I mean, barring what might happen in West Ham Leicester tomorrow. Yeah, which is important to note, uh, listeners, when we get to the end, because we're recording this like Sunday night, and obviously the last game of the match week is uh, this Monday or tomorrow uh, in the afternoon, we won't be able to discuss that. That's West Ham Leicester. But we'll touch on that at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, how was I so wrong? Oh, actually, I was going to say, how was I so wrong on my prediction on this one? Uh, I mean, basically, I think I thought that Newcastle might come out. I mean, their last match, they lost 4-2. But I was like, well, they were in it until the second half. So I thought they might bring that out. And Villa wouldn't bring anything on. But absolutely incorrect so you had this much better feeling of this match with your prediction obviously so uh let's move on to the next match that was well, uh let's let them let, let them know the score Hold on. oh In okay little... so uh-huh. at the all right so at the moment then the score is andres here having uh two predictions so six points and i only had one prediction correct so three points for whatever it's worth that one prediction i did get correct in liverpool burnley i also Guess the correct score of 2-0, so we get one of those little gold stars, which we'll only mention at the end if it's important. Okay, so way to go, Andres, and taking the lead here. Now, the uh, next match, which was also at 9 a.m. on Saturday, August 21st, was Crystal Palace versus Brentford, just to lay mm-hmm. some of the groundwork. You and I both predicted that Brentford would win. I think we had mm-hmm. that sort of feel-good spirit. Yep. Uh, you, you predicted 2-0, I predicted 1-0. Just a question of you know a degree. But in actuality, this was a 0-0 draw. So with that, take it away, Andres. What happened? It was boring. Don't watch it. You didn't miss anything. Don't even uh, watch the highlights? Uh, okay, you may want to watch one highlight, which kind of sticks out to me. And it's um, Brentford gets a free kick at like a, a very tight angle. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's a really close corner. Because it's like kind of just outside the box, but in that like, you don't expect them to shoot it from this angle. Homeboy definitely shoots it and clips the top of the ball. Like, it was a great shot. But outside of that, I mean, Brentford had a few half chances. It's like they look good going forward, but that that like last touch, that last pass, that last. movement to get him into that cliff and threaten on goal until like, Crystal Palace that is like a, what's his name yes yes with the what's his name IU which one of the IU brothers Jordan yeah Jordan's still there the yeah. other one's at Swansea I think maybe yeah <laughs> well, yes, yeah. Gone, but, yeah all right well let, let me ask you this um was this was a draw the deserved result here Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think 
I think, okay, Brentford would have deserved the win had that cool free kick gone in. Um, but the draw still still works just by that, like, lack of finishing on Brentford's side. Mm, mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I don't really have anything to add to that because, I mean, as we said, as you said earlier, maybe at best worth watching the highlights, but it's not worth talking too much about it. So uh, the next match then, uh, also at 9 a.m. on Saturday, was Leeds versus Everton. This is another instance where you and I both predicted the same team, Everton, to win. You predicted that Everton would win 3-1. I predicted Everton would win 2-0. And in actuality, just like the other game, this ended as a draw. Although this was not a scoreless draw, this was 2-2. So Leeds and Everton, the actual result of that was 2-2. So, Andres, I'm going to let you... I know you were on point Saturday morning. So what what was your sort of takeaway from this match? I didn't watch this one. Ah, (laughs) okay. This was, I only have so many screens, so this one went uh-huh. out, and it's Everton, and I didn't have anybody on my fantasy team. Got it, got it. Here, so yeah, I heard it was good. I might check out the, the highlights later, maybe. Yeah, probably worth checking out the highlights. Um, Well then, listener, uh, this is a, a first instance where I think we had a bit of a miscommunication on who was going to run point on this one. Uh, so because it's green, damn it. Yeah, that's mine. We will, no, no, no. We will, uh, we'll attempt to amend that, but you might be on your own, in which case, at least I can recommend if you haven't seen the match already, go ahead and watch the highlights. I mean, at least there was, there's some goals in this one. And, uh, I will be curious to find out what it is that, uh, made it 2 2 instead of Everton winning. So, you know, I'm wondering, and basically, did Leeds barely pull out? The draw? Oh, I can tell you that right now. Yeah, for Rafinha pulled it out of 72nd. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it goes, it goes, Leeds went up, or no, no, no. Everton up first with the pen. Leeds tie it before half. Everton go up slightly after second half. And then, yeah, Rafinha ties it up 72nd. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I heard it was good because I had read on Twitter some dude. He was an Everton fan and he was complaining. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch this later. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's oh, like from and... his point of view, it was like they got robbed. But then again, I mean, they could have played like shit and still would have felt like they got robbed. So right. they were right. in a winning position. Yeah, twice, right? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, twice. Twice. Right, yeah. 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 So. Hmm. Okay. Uh, hey, just for what it's worth, not to give away too well, especially for our listeners who take our advice and watch the highlights, despite it being 2 2 and Everton being in the leading position, whereas Leeds only ever was at a draw or losing, Leeds had 70% of the possession in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, albeit, the, both teams had the same amount of total shots, which is 17, but uh, Leeds is. Um, only had four shots on target, whereas Everton had eight. So, mm-hmm. but I'm really just more surprised by that uh, possession stat that Everton didn't make at least a little closer. You know, 70-30, That's quite a drastic. Just um, looking at the stats, because that's what we're doing. But if we're looking at the stats, mm-hmm. I'd say this game is gonna be one of those where like Leeds had chances. Because if we even look at clearances, Everton has 25 clearances. 
Yeah. Yeah. Leeds has eight corners. So it may be one where like Leeds had one of those where it's like, ah, nothing's going in, blah, 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 blah. But they managed to get, you know, equalizers right before first half, right before end of the, the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just by volume of 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 chances. I mean, yeah, that that's that's dark right there. Both same shots, but like four on target compared to the eight. I mean, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, for what, I mean, not to get like, too much like into the numbers, three. I won't make yeah, a habit yeah. of this, but sort of bear down into it. That right there, that sort of double shots on target, you know, mm. for Everton over Leeds, sort of was borne out in the expected goals, where Leeds had one point zero five, so one, and Everton had one point eight six, which round to two. Mm-hmm. All right, so Leeds, you know, kind of got maybe a little fortunate with how. Um, few shots on target they had and kind of the XG to get the draw here. Mm-hmm. But we still encourage people to watch the highlights. And if you disagree with us, please let us know. As always, you can tweet us at uh, yep. pod of underscore two halves. That's again at pod of underscore two halves. It's spelled out T-W-O halves. So, all right, uh, moving on. Uh, let's see. There was a final match of 9 a.m. on Saturday. Not the final match of the day, but final match of Saturday, which was Man City versus Norwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to set the table here with what we uh, had predicted, Andres, and then I'll take it away? Yeah, I went with a 2-2 draw, and you went with a 4-0 win to um, City. Yeah. And the final result of it was? Man City, five to zero. Five zero. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea I had that City would dominate and it would click. Now this was a not bold, but a little um, jeopardy to guess that because or to predict that because Tottenham had just beaten Man City one nil mm-hmm. in match week one, largely because Man City, while they could move the ball around, they just couldn't make any shots happen at all. Certainly not any real threatening ones. So even if they dominated Norwich, it, it could run into the same problem or at least be stagnated by the same problem, not being able to you know, execute those final blows and so maybe only get like two goals, kind of like what you had predicted. Uh, but I predicted that, no, I think it'll kind of click more. And sure enough, it did. Um, mm-hmm. To be fair, the first goal was an own goal. That was like in the seventh minute. And then Grealish... Grealish, their new signing, he got on the score sheet in the 22nd minute for Man City. And then there was quite a bit of time. So this was when Man City kind of wasn't quite able to work it out. Um, But I felt like more that they were running into their comfort zone and just kind of trying to find more flow things. Um, And then because they had had the ball and they had been running Norwich around, that started to come to bear when we hit about the 60th minute in the match and Man City accordingly scored in the 64th, 71st and 84th. That last one, the 84th really ruined it for me to get the perfect prediction points, mm-hmm. but Oh, well I did get my three prediction points, which for those of keeping track, it means that uh, Andres and I are tied at this point in the little prediction game. But uh, more importantly was the statement and the bounce back for Man City. This was, I'll beat against Norwich, but you can only, you know, play whoever's in front of you. Um, so a, a pretty good result 
as far as uh, City fans are concerned for that one. You got anything else to add to this match? No. No. I mean, I kind of gave Norwich a bit too much credit, thinking that... Uh, I, I like your idea really of a good. quicksand game that you brought up last time, though. I mean, we've seen Norwich before be hard workers, and they do have some good skilled players, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this will sound simplistic or you know obvious i think if norwich gotten a goal in the first half is very easily at that point i would have flipped a coin for it to go like a 4-1 versus a 2-2 you know if man city had started to get pegged back a bit but because man city well, okay yeah. do you think well do you think the own goal is what set up the whole down i mean mm. it was like the the own goal set off a, a quicksand thing for Norwich. Like before the seventh minute, did Norwich look like anything, or was it just one way? No, they, look, no, they looked okay. I mean, they were getting and did their heads the go down after the, the own goal? No, no. To my mm-hmm. opinion, they did not. In fact, uh, Grealish's what was man say second goal in the twenty second. That one was like the first earned one, and even at that time, it felt like Norwich had been like okay. That's only one goal, even though it was two. Come on, guys, let's let's start flowing things and see if we could peg them back by the half, right? Or make it a game by the half, which is why I pointed out earlier the uh, the long distance or time difference between that second goal in the 22nd minute and the third goal in the 64th. Only after that 64th one came, it actually was really more like by the 60th, Norwich were just starting to run out of energy. That's when Norwich really kind of put their heads down and they lost, you know, hope or faith. But prior to that, no. I think they played true to their style, and they could have been considered unlucky and not have gotten a goal. Yeah, because even that third one, that was off of like a corner, but they even threw themselves at at that. Like uh, Laporte mm-hmm. scored with his foot after like having his header blocked, yep. and then there were like three dudes in the way, and the, the, his shot just happened to squeak by all three of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think this result is as bad for Norwich as it might originally seem as, you know, four nil, like, whoa, right. you got pasted at the same time. And then I don't think that this result flatters Manchester city. Mm. I don't know how those two things could be simultaneous. Maybe they can't, but that's one of my thoughts on it. Mm. Um, so, uh, for the little prediction game at this point, Andres and I were tied at six points each moving on to the final match of Saturday which was Brighton versus Watford at 11.30 a.m. Andres, you predicted a 1-1 draw. I predicted that Watford was going to win 2-1. And in actuality, Brighton won 2-0. Based yeah. on how we spoke during about the prediction, we did not anticipate this one correctly. We were both saying Watford is the better team. Mm-hmm. It's a question of if they bring it or if, in your case, like, oh, they're the better team, but they kind of get pipped for a draw, right? Mm-hmm. They did not bring it. They barely yep. showed up. This yep. is not the same team that played last week. Exactly. I mean, I, I, the lineup, yeah. I mean, like, as far as mentality and performance and that kind of stuff. Like, this was a completely different team as far as, like, just the visuals of watching this team. If they were, like, if I had shown you last week's game and then this week's game without you knowing that it was the same team, like you know that it was Watford, mm-hmm. you you wouldn't be able to know. Hey, oh yeah, that was the team last game. It was a stark difference. Like yeah. the flow, the flow wasn't there. Right. 
Right. I I would say Brighton were the same team as they were the previous week, where they were away to Burnley and they beat them two one. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. were the same team, and they won mm-hmm. two nil this time. So same sort of oh, they can work around, they can pull some things together. They don't get quite as many chances, but they're not so um, you know dry spell and chances that they're they're inept. Like, In fact, they mm-hmm. no, no. I mean, it's like they they they're okay with giving up possession, mm-hmm. but once it's like once Watford started getting into the like the the threatening side of the field it was like oh no now it's on defending boom boom we're getting the ball back and now bah, 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 boom because like yeah. if you look at the possession it's it's pretty close pretty close to the 50 i mean yeah 57 43 so you know for all intents purposes you know, 50 50 yeah right this was like they're okay with giving Watford the ball it's just Watford didn't do anything with it right right i mean it's it probably really comes to be shown in those uh shot well they pretty much have the same shots almost you know 13 shots for brighton to 10 for watford and they both have the same amount of shots on target five and five or sorry shots off target but shots on target brighton had three whereas watford had one and that kind of says to me either you were unlucky or as this case was it's gonna be a very different team of watford coming out not quite enthused or energized or believing they had shots sure but they weren't really threatening shots mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and the expected goals really pairs that out with Watford only having 0.45 expected goals and Brighton having 1.31. So um, I would say to the listener, I recommend check out the highlights on this. I don't think they're going to be very long. And at least you can get a, from this game, you could get a very accurate feel of what Brighton was like both this week and the previous week and probably will be decently moving forward. I don't know about moving forward because uh, Mope came off injured. Halftime, remember he got injured right before the half? Yes. Right, he messed up his arm and shit. Right, he scored in the 40, 41st minute, and then he shortly he thereafter got injured. Yeah, he gutted it out for the rest of the, the half, but it's like, yeah, you could totally tell. Yeah, like, he, the way when he, when he was down and, like, he was all, like, upset or whatever, and he felt, like, his collarbones, I'm pretty sure he broke his collarbone, bro. And I've broken it before. It sucks. And I still played like two games after that. The, granted, that was in goal, which probably wasn't a good idea. But, I mean, he's he's not going to play. Yeah, he played. He gutted it out until halftime, but because it happened so close to halftime. But, Do you like, think that, he's not going to be back any time soon. Right. Do you think the guy who came on for them, uh, Connolly, for Brighton, who, you know, at halftime subbed on for Mope? Mm. I mean... Obviously, he's not quite Mope in having that belief and maybe some of the talismanic goal-scoring ability. But do you think that he led the attack decently? Because I thought he didn't do bad in in leading the attack, but he wasn't ever... There's something that's sort of just all mental and just like, if you have the name, that people know the name, then you believe that you... And the defender also believes that you're like a big deal. And sometimes that causes overthinking or breaking down so you get more chances by combination of your own confidence and then also like the reputation preceding you you know mm-hmm. and Connolly doesn't have that and i feel i felt like that was the only real difference between the two of not the only difference between the two of them but the major difference between the two of them in performance in the two halves um should make a good point maybe brighton won't be the same um we shall find out uh next week uh that was all of um saturday's matches and at the moment at the end of saturday our little prediction game we're tied 6-6 six, six, 
albeit I have a gold star from that Liverpool accurate score prediction. So we're not tied. Well, you're right. I would win in a push. Now, moving on to Sunday, uh, we had two 8 a.m. matches. The first eight, we'll discuss first, Southampton versus Manchester United. Um, yeah. what, would, what were our predictions for this one, Andres? And then what was the actual? I had a 0-4 Manchester winning. You had a 1-3 Manchester United winning. Uh-huh. Actual, a 1-1. One, 1-1, one. One, one, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I, I managed to catch uh, this match in its entirety in the play and everything. And I'll say, um, so Manchester, uh, to start off, they were dominant team. Look like they should have had a goal probably by the time we're even into the 25th minute. And then at right about the 25th, the um, for the first time in the match, Southampton starts to put Manchester United on their back foot. Not just like one counter attack. No, just in general. They're kind of like stealing the ball in midfield, challenging it for more and more. Actually kind of starting to come down, make a cross. And then when Manchester United, you know, heads that out, they're there to collect it or challenge immediately for it. Just a little bit of chaos. and that. I mean, really yielded results for him because all of three minutes later, uh, in the 30th minute, Southampton scored. Now, the goal had a little bit of controversy. A little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, I had, so, in the buildup, the immediate buildup to the goal, and I say immediate, and it was the cause of them even having this chance, was Manchester United were trying to play out a previous cross that uh, Southampton had just had from the right. And and so they had controlled it, and then they pushed it out to uh, Fernandez on the left wing, kind of like touchline. It wasn't far up the field, though. I'd say he's about 30 yards. And he started to square up to the midfielder, and then the midfielder just stomped him. Right? Uh, there we go. Okay, that's why nah. I said that. So I don't think he did stomp him. I think he came in strong. I think he stood well. I don't think that's a foul. And it's certainly no, and they've, the commentators have even said that the refs have been instructed to let that kind of shit go. Yeah. So yep. like I've seen it pretty consistently the last match week and this match week where like they're letting those like coming togethers go and letting them play, which I'm all for. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think the only reason that this even hit in the mind was because if you had to look for if Manchester United fans had to look for anything to be able to call against this goal, they would go to that foul. But if that foul mm-hmm. just happened in the regular run of play, and then, you know, oh, went back, forth, bang, you know, and goes out for a throw somewhere else, I don't think this would be, like, the one of the two or three that sticks in your head as a fan of, like, wow, that was a bad call. No. This is, you know, a heavy step. If it had been given, I wouldn't be utterly surprised. But not given, I was not surprised, and I was pleased. So off of that, mm-hmm. um, Southampton then worked it in, worked it back out, worked it in, and then the shot, I guess, deflected off of uh, Manchester United's defender Fred or de- midfielder yeah, Fred. Yeah, man. Yeah, that they should give it to Che Adams, bro. Like, yeah, there was a wicked deflection, but like, wasn't that wicked? I guess because it's it so it was, doesn't. I that's what they said on the commentary. But that's I what I thought. Okay, I want to ask you about that. All right, I'm glad we got I into. Think this. Okay. it was. Okay, because, so, like, all right, the following the rules or whatever, it's like if the shot's on goal and then gets deflected, whatever, that's not that's not an on goal. Like, the dude that shot it should still get the goal. Now. That's true. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, 
it was hard to judge the trajectory of the ball because the deflection happened so soon after he struck the ball. There we but, go. Yeah, let's let's give a listener the accurate picture of this deflection. I mean, this is sort of like if you ever played uh, listener, you know, when there's a ball in the middle of two midfielders running and they combine, and then even if they hit at the same time, just because like one got there barely first, it kind of goes careening and angle slightly away from whoever got there a little first. I was like, yeah, you kicked it with your foot first, but it, the other person's foot was immediately there, and so it kind of spits between the two of them out, you know? Yeah, it wasn't that tight of a 50-50. No, it wasn't yeah, a 50 Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But that's how close his foot was, the uh, Fred's, mm-hmm. if he if he touched no, it at no, all. No, I don't think – no, no, no. It definitely got deflected. Oh, uh, okay. It definitely got deflected. It, I guess I should go look at the spin more. Yeah, you gotta. I watched a lot of the replays. Uh, the distance isn't as close as you're making it out to be. Like it, it, it is pretty close, but you could totally tell. Chad, it's like two or three yards away. You're saying is Fred's yeah, yeah. foot. He shoots it. Oh, okay. You could tell it's going to De Gea's right, but the deflection makes it go to De Gea's left and creep in right inside the post. Well, then I I'd I'm still sp- give it to Ad. I still give it to Ad. So yeah, that's why I was spirit- surprised to see it as an own goal. Yeah, so in the spirit of own goals or not, one, I almost never want them to be given as own goals because there's an attacker who wants the goal for stats. There's a defender who doesn't want the own goal to hurt their stats. So it's like if both parties are happy here, why even do this, right? Um, I understand they want to have accurate stats or whatnot. And then you hit it a moment ago when you said, I think the way own goals are supposed to work is, look, if you're shooting it on target, do you want to go ahead and say what it was again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's on target, then... The shooter gets a goal, even even if, if it deflects, deflects even if it's a yeah. crazy important deflection, right? If the shot's originally on goal, it's a and, goal for the, this for, one, the, for the attacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one looked like it was. I mean, I don't know yeah. how exactly you determine was it on goal or not, but unless it being wildly and no, so I right. don't quite. Get I think how... what I think what screws over Adams is the the like how close, while not as close, not this like really really close. So it was like boom boom, um. Just the fact that it was so close, they couldn't judge the because obviously they look it back and all that, whatever, to give yeah. credit to whoever. I don't think there was enough distance before the deflection to be able to extrapolate the the original trajectory. Well, then I say Ty goes to runner in that situation. Should yeah, I'm all, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. But as far as I'm just playing devil's advocate, I'm saying yeah, no, yeah. Premier's League's cop-out, they're going to say they couldn't definitively prove that the original trajectory was on goal. So by default, they're going to give, they're going to do on goal because they definitively saw the deflection. Oh, I hear what you're saying. Okay. Could it have been an own goal if there's some scenario? Yes, because it hit off his foot. Now, the scenario for it to be an own goal would be that the original shot was off target. Well, do we know if it was off target or on target? No, we don't. Okay. So... Between the two results, we had to fall on the side of own goal. Oh, that's a good argument, Andres. I follow that. Huh. Right. Like they. Right. It's like they couldn't figure out if that original trajectory of the shot was going. I mean, yeah, it was going in the, towards the direction of the goal, but it could have gone just wide of the post. Yeah. Or it could have been actually on target. Right. Right. But they couldn't. They couldn't figure out either way. But and they, we do know it de- definitely deflected. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. So they're like, we got one ambiguous thing. We got one certain hmm. thing. We're just going to put it on the certain thing. 
That's a good way to think about it. I like that. Okay. Um, so anyways, uh, after that goal, really, Manchester United didn't show a whole bunch of flashes of coming right back mm-hmm. after that goal. Again, that was in the 30th minute for Southampton. Um, unknown goal, as we just discussed. Uh, but all the way into halftime, I mean, it looked like the, that goal gave Southampton belief and they were maybe going to build upon it or certainly hold out. I mean, you had your odd four is that Pogba and the way he's playing right now can give you, you know, just mm-hmm. some great opportunity chances, but it didn't uh, change back the tide that had been put into Southampton's uh, favor around the 25th or 26th and immediately resulting in a goal. Then we came out in the second half and Manchester United were starting to be the better team consistently again and again. And sure enough, that yielded a goal by uh, Greenwood in the 55th minute to make it 1-1. From here, Manchester United were the better team, but it's like they didn't play with quite enough urgency. Um, Mm. I mainly would use as an example, like what they were doing in the 65th, the sort of urgency they were playing with, they would match that same level of urgency come the 85th. Right. And if you're playing with some level of urgency, then as time starts to run closer and closer to out and the result you don't want is locked in, then you should start showing somehow expressing me, you know, more direct balls or whatever it is, greater urgency. I, I like to think, and I right. don't feel like they ever did that. So I agree. It, it was, yeah, it was almost like, a, like United was playing this weird thing where they were okay with the way draw at Southampton because it was like yeah you know what I mean it was like just kind of going through the motions oh if we get a goal that'd be cool but yeah we got what we came for it's like yeah the the, the urgency wasn't there you know what I mean yeah yeah and I kind of wish I'd taken like a closer note or something because I won't be able to say this with honesty now that I know the result in hindsight on goal can't say it on goal (laughs) (laughs) but but it's there are instances where teams, they kind of like keep playing the same because they believe that if we keep doing this, it's going to come good. And then sure enough, it does come good. And then as you know, anyone commenting or fans or pundits on the match, they go, well, look, they just kept their belief. They kept working it and they never panicked. And then that's how they got the goal because they never did panic. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side of that is you don't show any urgency. So we're kind of like, you know, giving it this uh, good or bad tinge depending on the result somehow though this one at the time didn't feel even though there was an urgency it didn't feel like oh we know we're confidently getting get this we just had to keep believing it was like oh we're doomed but we can't quite and man they're frustrating how they keep taking the ball from us in midfield they're not supposed to do that as often that's how it felt to me but yeah i belabor the point um do you have anything uh else on this match nope okay Moving on then to the second 8 a.m. game on Sunday, and that was Wolves versus Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you had predicted that Tottenham was going to win 2-1. I predicted that Wolves would make it a 2-2 draw, and in actuality, Tottenham won uh, 1-0. So you got the prediction points. You're at this point ahead in 9-6. But more importantly was the, uh, the match itself. My first point would be that uh, Raul Jimenez, because he's now back after having fractured his skull last season, being out pretty much the entire season. Yeah. I think he is, he's obviously back on the field. I don't think he's back to his full form. And part of the way they previously used him required like some really good timing of balls to play him in. Right. 
And so just yeah. some of that little timing, I don't think happened there. All of which is to say, I don't think Wolves were particularly poor in this match. I don't think Tottenham dominated it. Yeah, no. Nah. I mean, if it weren't for for the pen. Which was in the ninth minute. And right. it was kind of soft. Kind of, yeah. It's one of those where, like, Deli Ali dragged his leg. Like, the keeper right. pulled out. But the momentum still kind of carried him forward. Deli Ali just happened to leave his leg out. And yes. And, oh, contact, I'm down. Yes. Yeah. A normal yeah. person kind of would still be in, would in stride. The leg's not there. Like, he could have kept right. going for the ball, right. but he already knew what it was. Dragged his leg, got the pen, buried it. Yeah. One nil. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. Like, Wolves definitely... They had stuff going forward, uh, but that he menaced it. It's like, yeah, he's he's missing a step. He's not. He's back, but he's not like in form back. Yeah, and there was a there was that one shot where like he got it on the left side of the eighteen, like the top of the box, mm-hmm. and it's like he tried to curl it, and all he made is is burying it in the in the top corner. But this one was like. Kind of like, it's like if, I, I feel like if he was informed that that was the equal line right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so Wolves fans, you can feel hard done by for the Tottenham penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I'm a bit of a believer for most things, unless it's against a team that I strongly, you know, uh, support. If the forward or the offensive player or whatever is good enough to sell it really well, then I don't feel too bad when they get it. I don't think that if they sell it really well that, oh, they deserve it, they earn it. But if they sell it really well and they get it, it's like, well, fair dues. In this case, I thought Deli Alley did a very clever job of dragging that foot. It wasn't so overt that he dragged it. I mean, the keeper did a good job of sort of pulling out so that it wasn't so Deli Alley had to do what he did and sort of dragging the foot to make it. And he, he, he sold it incredibly well, so much so mm-hmm. that it was believable. You know, and there could have been a bar, obviously, and it wasn't I mean, over. Yeah, it wasn't right. overturned. So I there mean, you go. You can't, you can't, can't dispute the contact. There was contact. The ball was right. gone. That's right. A 10. Yep. I mean, perhaps a better way to look at this is that you know what? A ball shouldn't have come over top for Jelly Ali to be one on one with the keeper. That's mm. where the mistake happened. And it's like that's fair. I mean, a player as good as Jelly Ali or any of the what San, Lucas Moira, if they get the ball one on one with the keeper close. Is it fair to expect that they get a goal? Yes. Okay. So allowing that to happen is, is where there was a failure here that cost the goal. The means of which I'm like the penalty. Yeah, it tastes bad, but it shouldn't even gotten to that point. Right. I like to think. Yeah. Um, but as we already said, yeah, I mean, Wolves, I think, played pretty well. It's, it's unfortunate this result uh, for them. This was obviously also uh, we had a bit of the former coach coming back home. Mm-hmm. His old home, right? And Nuno Santo, who's the new manager of Tottenham, he came from Wolves last season. So uh, this was the first time he would be going to the Molyneux and got the got the result. The I didn't really see too much of Tottenham's play that was amazing. It was just more a balanced game. And if I think that Tottenham is a pretty good team, kind of going off of week one and their 1-0 uh, victory over Manchester City, then I say Wolves should be happy with this result. Not happy, sorry. Wolves should not be too upset with this result. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Kane came on in the 72nd and didn't really look like. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. Wolves should be happy with their defensive rate. They, you know, stifling Tottenham. I mean, they have plenty of offensive weapons. Mm-hmm. And it, they could even feel hard done by by the pen. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not, I mean, it's no 5-0 Norwich, you know what I mean? It's like you right. can still take positives from this result. Right. right, absolutely. In fact, given the quality of play overall, this is, like, debatably the closest way you can lose. Right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, kind of soft penalty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just for the little prediction game, uh, this one, since you accurately predicted that Tottenham was going to win, and they did, you got the three points, which put you ahead nine to six at this point. Going into the final match of the weekend, but not the final match of the match week. Final match of the weekend was Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Arsenal versus Chelsea. So to set the table for us, uh, both of us predicted that Chelsea was going to win 4-0. The idea being that Chelsea would utterly dominate. I mean, they dominated pretty well in their first week, and Arsenal had looked particularly poor in their first week. As mm-hmm. listeners may recall, they won or lost 2-0 to Brentford. Um, so, take it away, Andres. The actual result, sorry, was Chelsea winning 2-0. Yep, yep. Take it away, Andres. Yeah. Um, while it didn't go the way we thought with the number of goals, it, the game pretty much went the way we thought it would. It was all Chelsea all the time. Lukaku's looking a beast. I mean, he just got the ball and he just... Uh, Stomp, stomp, stomp. You know what I mean? It's like they yeah. couldn't even get the ball. And he got their opening goal in the 15th yeah, minute. That was great. That was, that was, it was a great run by him to get into the space. I was kind of worried they were going to get him with the offsides, you know, with their whole like marginal mm-hmm. line thingies. But um, he beat the offside. It was, it was great goal. I mean, it was inside the six, though. Who got the who got the assist? Uh, I um Reese, yeah, what? Reese James, yeah, yeah. Who would later goes, score uh, the second goal that's for? Right. Yep. Go ahead. Okay. Along and the second goal was almost like a similar play where like they freed up Reese along the right side for the first time. the The first goal he squared it to Lukaku, who was like inside the six, easy finish because that one pass took out the defenders and the keep all in one. Um. On the second goal, Reese decided to just take it on himself. Whack. Goal. Buried it. Crossed the keep. Right. So both of them were like, uh, Reese gets released on the right. Everybody's trying to run back towards their goal. First time, the, for the first, first goal, it's one of those quick on the ground crosses. The second time, it's like, I'm going to just take this. And just Boom. Smacks it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the whole first half, even going into the second, see Arsenal doing much of anything yeah. going forward. What they had six shots in the whole game. Uh, yeah, yeah. To Chelsea's twenty-two, mm. um, and only three of those were even on target, whereas Chelsea had five on target. So actually, I mean, four of them taking six shots for three of them to get on target was was a pretty good batting average, but it's still potentially too low to um, really expect to get a result in this match. Right. Um, I'm a little surprised that uh, Arsenal allowed 
maybe loud isn't the right word. The possession was 35% Arsenal to uh, Chelsea 65%. For all intents and purposes, that's a 2-to-1 ratio in favor of Chelsea, which I'm surprised that Arsenal gave it away that much. You know, but maybe it's more just that Chelsea took it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Arsenal just didn't have any idea. You see what I'm mm. saying? So it's like, mm-hmm. not only did they not have anybody to pass it to, it's like when they got the ball, it was like, oh, okay, where am I going to go with this? Well, I'm going to just pass it back. It was either pass it back or lose the ball because the long ball wasn't working. They lose either, you know, the first ball or the second ball. Mm-hmm. The the lateral side to side wasn't working because, I mean, Chelsea presses, dude. Right, yeah. So, I mean, it's like they had no game plan. And like I, I heard Arteta before before the game, he's like, "Oh, you know." They asked him if he's worried about the their run of form. This and that, and third, and he was like, "Oh, it only takes one game, one day to switch it around." This and that. Well, this day wasn't the day. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell. I don't even see a plan. Oh so I guess, man! I guess he's gonna work on it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, today wasn't wasn't the day. Mm. Not this game. Um, and as far as Chelsea, because I got their two goals in the first half, 15th and 35th minute, why didn't they get any more in the second half to maybe go on and win 4-0? Uh, to mind, it felt like Chelsea weren't playing within themselves in the second half, but also it's not on them to have to be the thrust of the attack if you're up 2-0, mm. especially mm. away to at least a decently storied, you know, or historically kind of a more powerful team arsenal. If you kept going and that's what gave you gave away a goal and let Arsenal back to the game and they picked up steam and maybe even then brought a draw, that'd be a darn shame for Chelsea for how well they've been doing in the first half and also to kind of keep, you know, the momentum of their early days in this season but going. Um so with that in mind, that's I felt like they just didn't push it quite as hard. Um, in the second half, in the final third, but the rest of it, they continue to play absolutely fine. All right. Now, do you think that they were playing that way with the next game in mind, being against Liverpool at Stamford Bridge? Uh, I guess like maybe I would. It's like maybe like we have the game in, in the bag at the two nil, and plus what they've been seeing from Arsenal up until then. It's like maybe at halftime, Tuchel's like, "All right, look, I don't want to mention, no, don't want to say it out loud, but we probably got the game right now. So if y'all just want to pass it back and forth, try some, you know, yeah, don't yeah. get tired, you know, and just kind of keep yeah. possession, which they did, sixty-five or thirty-five, just yeah. keep the ball. If y'all yeah. can build something to score, great. If not, just keep the ball, and yeah. we'll get out of here with the three points and all rested up to to be able to give it to Liverpool on, uh, at Stamford Bridge next. Yeah, next yeah, match. I." I I think that would be uh, an acceptable um, uh, plan that a coach had, you know, for his halftime talk. No matter if their next match was against a very hard opponent or not. Hey, look, we got the ball. Keep the ball. We're up by two goals, not just one. So unless they score a goal, let's just feel more entitled to hold possession instead of pushing that final third. But yes, I think the idea that Liverpool would be coming up would feed into it. Although it's notable that the substitutions for Chelsea like weren't super early. 72nd minute, 82nd minute, 90th. You know, wasn't like a 60th yeah. minute. So, 
Right, but um, they they didn't need the they didn't need right. the subs to to give them a rest because they basically were. Yeah. The second half was a scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. It was like uh, they, they brought on they brought on Ngolo Kante just to give them you know maybe to get a match rhythm start for next game. Yeah. You know, basically yeah. like the early pregame warm yep. up. Same yep. with Zayat. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the final thought then on with this particular idea, what I had said a moment ago, where I was like, no matter who the team is, you would be okay. So that actually the only time you really feel a drive or an onus to really run up the score is when it's against somebody that's more your rival Mm -hmm. closer. Right. So Mm -hmm. like it break this same situation, not that it'll come to pass, but next week, I think at that point, Chelsea will be like, you know what? Let's go ahead and make a full statement now. Mm-hmm. Let's push mm-hmm. on for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's some teams where that's not the case. Listener, you could even say, well, you're kind of being a, a counter to the points made with Manchester City then and all their goals. That's true. Man City, the way they play, they kind of always have to be on or they're not. So right. but for other teams like this, uh, last. Uh, going back to the subs real quick, I was pleased to see that Zayek uh, came in, in this case, in the 82nd for Chelsea. That's good to see that he's back in mm-hmm. playing-ish form, hopefully by next week, you know, full on. Um, and for the American or watch, uh, Pulisic caught coronavirus. Uh, so he uh-huh. is, yeah, he'll be out for a little bit, uh, with treatment and quarantining for that. Okay. So, uh, with that match, obviously we both got the three points. And so the prediction stands now at, uh, you have 12 points. I have nine points and that little gold star for the only accurate prediction. And we have one more match of the match week, which is going to be this Monday, August 23rd. Uh, it's going to be West Ham versus Leicester at 2 p.m. Somewhat excitingly, uh, what are you predicting for that match, right? I got a 3-1 win for West Ham. And I had put down a 3-2 win for Leicester. So the Uh-oh. exciting news, listener, if the bad prediction game matters at all, is that whoever wins this one, would win it because if I get the prediction points, then I tie you at twelve. But I have that gold star. If you, you get the, the prediction, star. yep. If you get the prediction points, then obviously you run away with it. If it's a draw, so that neither of us get it, well then you hold out. So I need Lester to win, or else uh, you'll be running away with the uh, prediction cup for the second week in the row. Mm. We, uh, yeah, we'll come up with a better name for it. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta make a uh, trophy thing too, yeah, man. Come on. So and uh and sort of summarizing the um match week two, uh and kind of letting know what would be worth watching or not. Say Liverpool, Burnley, check out the highlights. Yeah, Villa, that's the highlights. Okay. Villa Newcastle. Would you even say the highlights? Highlights. Oh yeah, dude, at least at least Oh for the goal. Any, right, right. Yeah. At least for the goal. Okay, yeah. yeah. Crystal Palace, Brentford. And, I would say you're right. You don't even have to watch it at all. Mm-mm. You uh, are right without even the, the highlights. It's right. one free kick that hits the bar. That's right. Uh, Leeds Everton, since that one was a 2-2 draw. I think that one's okay to check out the highlights. I don't think you're going to miss yeah. a whole lot from the whole game. Um, yeah. Extended I mean, extended highlights. Maybe not the not the goal. Yeah. Maybe go yeah. for like the 15-minute one where you get the, the vibe of the flow yep. of the game. The feel yeah. of the game. Exactly. Was Everton, you know, fortunate or unlucky to get the draw? Was Leeds fortunate to get the draw? That sort of thing. 
Um, Man City versus Norwich, I would say just the highlights. You get the idea highlights. of the game very quickly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Brighton versus, versus Watford. I would recommend to watch the highlights. Definitely not extended. And I even say just the highlights because I believe they're only like three minutes long. So take yeah, 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 yeah. But if you chances kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you scrap that one or put that one on the bottom of your list of highlights, that'd be totally fine. Especially yeah, if you didn't yeah, get around to it. Uh, Southampton versus Manchester United. Mm, mm. I'd say actually you don't have to watch this one at all. I would I'm say well, just the highlights, but even then you're yeah, not going to see goals, anything. Yeah, the goals aren't yeah. that spectacular. Or like yeah. Worth, yeah. And it's not like Manchester United was incredibly unlucky and kept making sure, or Southampton was incredibly unlucky. Yeah. So. You yeah, can just I'm, not watch I, I'd be curious, right? I'd be curious to see how long the highlights for this particular game would be because it's, I, I don't remember many like. Yeah, I'm sure it won't be as short that. as three minutes just by virtue of it being Manchester United, but yeah. Right. Yeah, you'll get some yeah. like flips, some tricks, whatever. But as far as like chances, shots on goal. Yeah. Uh, Wolves Tottenham definitely watch the highlights. In fact, yeah. Of, of all the matches here. Except maybe Arsenal Chelsea, we can have a little debate. I'd say this is the one to watch the full length match of. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with okay. that. Okay. Okay. Because Arsenal Chelsea, well, that one's sort of a mile marker down, even though they didn't blow them out. You don't have to, but from get go all the way to the end, Chelsea's dominating. So if you get that feel in the highlights, which you will, then you would get that feel in the whole thing. So even though that's the, perhaps the bigger name match. Of, of the week, uh, Arsenal versus Chelsea, that is, I would recommend to watch Wolves versus Tottenham if you were to watch one of these games full length. I agree. I'm, I'm with you on that one, for sure. And uh, let's see. We used to have a segment, well, we discussed a segment where we would have uh, the, not the man of the match, but the James Milner of the match. So a little background on the idea of the James Milner. James Milner for Liverpool, right, Andres? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Give him, uh, he's been there... I don't know, for years and years, ever since he was on a free transfer for City, because he may have been too old at that point. So now he's like, what, 30? Really old. He's really old. 38? Right? Yeah, 30, with a lot yeah. of miles on those legs, for what's worth. Like, started playing like when he was like 16 mm-hmm. at a high level. So, um, but he's uh, not only like a working uh, player up and down, but also he has moments of like some real smooth quality. And although he's James Milner, when he has that smooth quality... We like to accentuate it by calling him James Milner. So whether it be for almost like a coach's award, hardworking, dedication to the cause or whatever, or for some smooth movements, do you have a James Milner player of the week? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, man. I got it. Uh, Zemeckis. Ah, okay. I, I, hey, I'd, give it, I'd give it to Zemeckis Costa. for who? To Costas, a.k.a. Costas Semeckis. Get it? Huh? Yeah, who's he play for? For Liverpool. Um, he's, he's deputizing for uh, Andy Robinson. So left. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this man came out to play this game. He, he was very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Like they, The crosses were almost, if not as good as... Andy Robertson. It's like almost Andy Robertson out there with a different number because the the crosses are there, the the work rate going forward is there, and also the defensive bit. He's not scared to to put in a tackle. He's not scared to gun, run down, dude sprinting down down the line or anything. He's like, it's a younger James Milner, basically. 
So yeah, he, he gets my Hamas Milner award this week. Okay. Um, mine. Because I don't think it'll happen that often. I think mine will go to um, Gabriel Jesus for Manchester City. Oh, I like that. I like that. He gave me a lot of points for my uh, fantasy. Yeah, yeah. So correct that. me if I'm wrong here, but I believe he had two assists. He didn't have any goals, yes. but especially with the two assists, um, part of me, part of the problem with him is sometimes he seems a little too selfish and kind of compounded with that and projecting onto him is that he seems whiny. Right, like mm. oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been fouled, and also then when you take him, then it's like well, you weren't going to do much with it anyways. So for him to get two assists, and in the manner in which, because when I watch that game, is is a perhaps a distinctive of like a pretty decent shift in his overall style of play, which would be good for him and for the team. So for that reason, mm. I give him the Hamas Milner Player of the Week. We obviously have uh, our goal of the week already discussed. I think we're unilateral on that one. From um, go ahead, your Danny uh, Ings. Yes. AKA Danny Wings. So my man got up there. And that match again, if they wanted to catch the highlights, you would recommend there for. Yeah, the uh, Ashton Villa versus Newcastle. I'll, uh, what I'll do is if y'all check out the pod of Two Habs Twitter, I'll go ahead and retweet the, the goal so y'all can see just the goal. If y'all don't want to do the whole highlights thing, but just go to the Twitter, it'll be up there for you. Okay. All right. Well, um, that was a, a pretty long uh, section one, but uh, we're not going to really have um, uh, one of our sections typically. So, listener, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break real quick, and we'll come back with a second segment today, which is going to be world and other news. We'll catch Thank you, you then. <laughs> Logan here again, this time to ask you, listener, to help us by supporting our podcast. Now, listen, I'm not saying it's the greatest cause in the world or that it's even a good cause or even a cause. But you know what comes after a cause? Because. You should support our podcast because you like what you're hearing. And real talk, we need to keep the lights on. So if you could click on the support link under our show description in Spotify or whatever app you're listening to us on. Or you can even find us on Twitter at pod of underscore two halves. It's all spelled out. So that's P-O-D-O-F underscore T-W-O-H-A-L-V-E-S pod of underscore two halves for us on Twitter. And whatever you can give, whatever you contribute is greatly appreciated so we can keep providing the content you like listening to. All right, listeners, welcome back to our second segment here on Pot of Two Halves, episode five. A segment this uh, this second segment is titled "World and Other News." <sighs> Andres, I never do that justice. Can you do it with your uh, correct a- animation? I'll try. The world dead. Other news. Better than Nailed it. Fantastic. Yes. All right. So uh, this week's. Uh, or this episode's version of World and Other News is a little more humorous, but that's just what got served up. Let's see. Uh, where do we start first, Andres? I wouldn't say it's humorous. It's pretty pretty serious, bro. We got a lot of okay. violence. Okay. Yeah. I think you and I just have different sense of humor. Yes, these are serious things. I find it funny, though. But go on. Where do we start off? With? Um, yeah, Let's start with the top. We got a referee in Honduras who pulls out a gun after angry fans and players threaten his life. Now. 
you may have not had experience playing Mexican leagues over here in Houston, but I have, and this is definitely up that alley. Um, I played a Mexican league in Charlottesville, Virginia. It ain't as crunk as Houston. No, but okay, go on. Yeah, because I could but totally. Certainly, as an A leaf, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. So I mean, you see a bunch of fans and players go up to the ref, and the ref just got a gun. Just holding it. And apparently he shoots a few rounds into the ground and everybody starts walking up. Like, my bad. Never mind. But mm. before that, yeah, they were totally going to, like. Yeah, I mean, it was like 100 to 1. It wasn't going to end pretty. Mm. Mm. Well, that is, yes, that is disturbing to hear. We've heard of guns occasionally brought out uh, on different fields and. All right, like an owner pulled one out. Yeah, that that we're both thinking the same owner. I think it was like a Greek club. I don't remember exactly, but yeah. yeah. Was it Greek it or Italian something? I think it was Greek, but you know what? Uh, I'm not 100% confident, but I felt like it was Greek, actually, yeah. Maybe. But anyways, uh, there you go. So that is the news on Honduras. Let's see. Mm. Uh, the next, I want to make sure to touch on this. So I'm a big fan of um, corny jokes. Bad jokes, dad jokes, all of them. And uh, in the world of soccer, then football, some of you might recall that uh, Mueller for Bayern Munich, I think it was last season, he at a press conference, he had the joke of, oh, Levin Golski, huh? He like looks around with that kind of like um, crappy eating, you know, grin. Uh, you get it? Levin Golski instead of Lewandowski. So. Similar to that, what did he do this uh, this weekend, Andres? I already said it earlier in the episode. Crossed us, Zemeckis. Yeah. Yep. yep. Worth uh, searching up for that. You can just probably look up Mueller right now and be the, the top video for current. It oh, was pretty funny. It was, or, yeah, the, or the Lewandowski one. Yeah. That's yeah. way out of this cycle. Yeah. Uh, what, are you got any other world and other news, Andres? Yeah, there's that malice in uh, in Nice. Oh, what happened there? Big bar. Uh, let's see. Somebody from the crowd threw a bottle, hit uh, Payet. I don't know if y'all remember him from West Ham fame. Uh, yeah. And from Marseille. Yeah. Somebody in the crowd threw a bottle at him. He went down to the ground. Then Red Mist descended. He grabbed the bottle, threw it back into the crowd, grabbed another bottle that somebody had thrown that into the crowd um melee uh, i mean that's where you're getting the malice and nice name for this because of uh you're alluding to malice in the palace right correct correct uh, the, okay. the fans definitely started jumping over the the, the guarding thing and went up to yeah. like where the the those boards are with the advertisements or whatever and there was like a shouting thing or whatever and then the marseille player just boots a ball into the ground into the crowd and then I'm like yeah supporters break through the the advertising boards hold huge um, like massive melee basically it was it was bad it was bad but there was a little bit of a funny moment where like the kit man or ball boy whatever just comes out of nowhere just vexed this dude right in the face like Ooh. Out of nowhere, like this out of nowhere, part man. Of the game. And I mean, it's in all right. So I'm confused. 
Because the dude looks like a ball boy. They're in Nice. So. Right. I'd assume this oh. is like Nice's ball boy, but homeboy decks this Nice supporter. Mm-hmm. Right in the mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So either he's, so, I mean, but he's too big to be a ball boy. He might be like a, a, one of the trainers for, for Marseille or something. Let me see. Let me give this another look here. This is while we're at yeah. it right now. Let's see if yeah, I can determine what he is. Yeah, let's take a gander. Real time, real time uh, reaction by Logan. Yeah. Uh, while I'm pulling that up real quick, though, I was going to sing your praises for uh, fantasy Premier League, right? What? What? Yeah. What? Uh, what are the leagues are you in, and what I'm making you say? So you're not boasting. I'm making you say your current standing and in which leagues. Uh, well, I mean, I'm in a few the uh, leagues for different podcasts. Go ahead. We'll sure. Mention. All right. I don't, I'm in the Cooligans uh, uh, thing, and I think I'm like yeah. top five in that one. I think so. Yep. Yep. And then I'm like top ten in the uh, the Daily Zeitgeist league. Let's oh. See. You ready for me to hit play on this? Oh yeah, I actually yeah. I got the screen share thing. Got it. Okay. Live reaction. Here we go. Do yep. it in orange. No, okay. Bye. Wow. The replay. Oh. Orange. He yeah. comes out of No, no, no. I think he's like um I think how each team has those guys who like put out cones and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, he's the trainer dude. He's not a ball, yeah, but he's... yeah, he's like a trainer, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Now uh, he's balding. Yeah. Yeah, he's oh. like with the other substitutes. Yeah. Oh, well, then, then the fans absolutely broke the barrier. You know what? Listener, that's I'm not what, even going to recommend that caused, you watch this. That's what caused the, the them breaking the barrier. They were already, no, yeah. like, they're already on the like the advertisement. Security is like, all right, there's this one dude that's already stepping over. This dude already stepped. But then homeboy comes in. Dex dude in the chin. He goes down like a sacrifice. And then the blue, the little blue advertisement board goes to shit. And it's a flood of people coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay, you're right. This was not humorous. This is mostly like disturbing slash sad. Uh, but let me bring it up a bit then with some uh, uplifting news for those of us keeping track, which is everyone who has a heart and has a good sensibility. Fulham did win their game against Hull on the weekend. They won two nil, keeping up that running. And uh, Mitrovic got his goal in the 22nd minute. So Mitrovic on the scores, good stuff. Cavalier on the 34th. Did he score with his abs again? No, you don't want to do that all the time or people lose oh, yeah. it, like wonder. Yeah, you know? Yeah, okay. Okay. But I, I want to take everyone's focus, if they could, to the championships table where Fulham is on top. Uh, number one with 10 points and a goal differential of seven. West Brom right behind them. But I'm not uh, guaranteed it's going to stay like this. So I'm going to enjoy being on right. top of the league. Well, it is right now. Yeah. 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 Yep. Don't get a nosebleed now. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, I don't really have any other world or other news. Do you, Andres? I think that's a, that'll do it. Okay. Well, hey, listener, as always, we enjoy any and all feedback. You can shoot us at Twitter at uh, pod of underscore two halves. That's two spelled out, two. So the whole thing is P-O-D-O-F underscore T-W-O-H. A-L-V-E-S. Again, that's our Twitter handle, at pod of underscore two halves. Um, we take any and all feedback, and uh, we appreciate you listening. 
We look forward to uh, catching up with you at the end of this week as we review next week's going on, as well as what happens during the week. We might talk about some uh, Europa Conference, Europa Ooh. League, Champion League, and that. we'll see. We'll Ooh. see. But uh, maybe another uh, another round of our uh, our game. Hopefully, they Ooh. check it out in the bonus. Ooh. Uh, yeah, if you don't know episode. what we're talking about, check out the bonus episode. You'll get an idea of what that is. And uh, in the meantime, though, enjoy the beautiful game. Enjoy your beautiful lives. And we'll catch you next time. Yeah. yeah.